This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and uh, it is a beautiful Monday here in Pittsburgh. And, uh, well, Matt, if you believe reports, um, Juan Alexander visiting the Steelers this tonight. Um, we'll see oh, what happens. I heard that. Okay, I've been on the loop. Need to get in the loop. Um, I need to get in the loop. Bring me in. <laughs> so, Quan Alexander uh, spent last year with the uh, New York Jets. Um, has bounced around a little bit after a uh, start to his career in, in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, but he's a guy that the Steelers had, had talked about in the past as, as potential bringing him in, uh, a former Pro Bowl uh, linebacker, uh, 29 years old. Um, we'll see what, uh, what comes to fruition out of this. But Probably not a full-time player at this point in his career. No, I, I don't think so either. But, I mean, I think, again, it's the first I've heard this. He was a very athletic – I think he's a good poster boy, actually, for a conversation we've had a lot of, you know, highly athletic. He went in the fourth round. I remember thinking he'd probably go in the second or so. He ran a four-five-five coming out of LSU at a little under 230 pounds. And it took him a little while to acclimate for sure. You know, I mean, he was kind of an all over the place athlete more than linebacker. And he's bumped around a little bit. Um, I don't know his special teams background off of the top of my head, but I would think that would be an important component if he were to join this team at this stage of the of the game. Um, I do think that there is a, I don't say an opening, but I would have a desire to bring in someone of that ilk to compete with Landon Roberts or backup or ensure on the second level of the defense. So this would make some sense to me. Yeah. I'm just looking up his stats here. He hasn't played a lot of special teams in his career. Yeah. Um, I didn't think so. Yeah, his, his career high for special team snaps is 69. And that came uh, back in 2016. Okay. Um, played just 10 special team snaps last year for the jets. Uh, but it, it's an, it would be another one and we, we don't know, you know, they may just be kicking the tires to see how healthy he is. Yeah. That's how much of a health situation is. Um, but at this point, you know, his career again, suited more as a part-time player. I think he played 49% of the snaps last year for the jets. In fact, I'm looking right here at it. I'm looking right now, actually the last three years, he's been between five thirty-five and six sixty-eight, and which is. Generally, a little over 50%. I don't know how many snaps each of these teams played. Well, in, t- in 2020, he played 97% of the snaps in his five games with the 49ers. Okay. because But I'm looking at the combination of Saints and Niners. Yeah, he played 74% of his snaps for the Saints that year, 97% for the, uh, for the 49ers. So, uh, but, but earlier in his career, he was a high percentage snap guy, 98%. 96%, 94%, 90% those yeah. first four years in Tampa Bay. He was a rookie starter, and second year he started to really step up. And he's been a household name, but has bumped around a little bit over the last couple of years. The signing, if it, if it did come to fruition, would be another steal. You could typify the Steelers' 2023 offseason as going out and acquiring a bunch of been-there-done-that guys. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that a couple themes obviously show up. I think he doesn't fit this one as much, not that he's lacking in that area, but big and physical and nasty. I think at all positions, 
has been a point of emphasis for sure. I mean, even corner and Allen Robinson and positions you don't think about, you know, let alone the Herbigs of the world. Um, but certainly some dudes that have been around the block that you can trust that have had success that have, as coach likes to say, pedigree. Yeah, this is, uh, it's, it's very similar in, in some fashions to what the Houston Texans did a couple of years ago where they went out and signed a bunch of NFL players, maybe not stars, mm-hmm. to to bring them in, and uh, you know the the Texans that year wound up winning more games than anybody expected. Yeah, because, it, the, yeah. because the guys they're bringing off the bench, they're the guys that they're playing are all NFL players. They didn't go young. They didn't and, go young. That's they, the way it. Yeah, I think that you know I, I think there's some value to to adding those kind of guys, and for a team like the Steelers, unlike the, that Texans team from a couple of years ago. You have stars on this roster. Yeah, there's a different mindset. I mean, that Texans team, I think, was trying to just get rid of all the old, and they brought in a million cheap free agents to establish a culture and a competitiveness, and they hoped 25% of them would be keepers, you know, and just not be have a bunch of depth guys fighting for starting jobs, where the Steelers already have the culture, already are a winning organization, and you have the depth guys fighting for depth jobs as opposed to, you know, yeah. they're not going see Cam Hayward. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So, I, you know, I look at this at, at the Steelers roster. I mean, you still have T.J. Watt. You still have Cam Hayward. You still have Minka Fitzpatrick on defense. You still have, uh, you know, Alex Highsmith is a, is a guy that, that um, you know, established himself a bit last year. Uh, you know, Larry Ogunjobi's not one of these journeyman type guys. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that – is an established starter in the NFL. Um, Patrick Peterson has been a starter. And that's just on the defense. The offense is a different animal. It's a lot younger and up and coming, uh, you know, potentially with a lot of those guys. But outside offense, I mean, they were yeah. the youngest offense in the league last year. Football Outsiders put this out recently, just per snap. And one of the youngest that they've ever seen. But you go at Herbig, Samalu, Robinson, you know, you did bring a little bit of age and experience to that group too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, the expectation for the Steelers is that group continues to grow together Mm -hmm. um, and continues to get better. And that leads me to, to my next, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, Matt, and that would be, um, I, I look at this Steelers team and I think it, to me, there seems to be a disconnect between everything that's happened this offseason and the national expectations for this football team. I 100% agree. And let's get to that in one minute because I want to make one more point about age and whatnot. Like, I, I, I fear that some people are listening going, well, I don't want this team to get old, you know. It, Signing guys like Alexander and that doesn't make you old. That's going to no. be a one year deal. You're signing I mean, these guys one year deals, and you know right. if they if they go somewhere, let's say they have a good year, mm-hmm. and they go sign somewhere else. Then okay, they now they help. Yeah, now they help your comp formula. Um, you you're basically this is what the NFL has turned into mm-hmm. in many respects. Is is you have your star players? Again, we we just rolled through all those guys. That's your core. Those are the guys that form the basis of your team and your draft picks. Right. That's right, right. that's the core of your team. Then you fill in around it with these 
guys on one-year deals. Yeah. And while you're developing the young guys, like this approach, if gone wrong or not this approach, but I mean, if you're going to put a lot of big signing bonuses, multi-year deals into veterans, they can quickly become roster cloggers, you know, where you can't quite get out of it. You know, where, you know, you're, you're paying this guy a decent amount. You may end up cutting them and it has cap ramifications, but adding veterans on one-year deals this time of year when you're not competing against anybody else, I mean, you could probably even get out of the contract if he stinks in training camp and it wouldn't hurt you that bad. This is largely what, team, you know, the Eagles have done this, um, you know, renting these guys for a year. The Patriots have done this, um, you know, quite a bit, renting, you know, hey, let's just sign these veteran guys and have them, instead of having – 12 rookies on your roster or 12, you know, rookies and first year players. Now we're going to have, we're going to have our six rookies, but that other, you know, six guys that would have been rookies that made your roster are now veteran guys who, again, they, and they're better play, football players. They know what they're, they're doing. Better, yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to teach these guys. Been in stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> what it's like to play in Baltimore in, in December. They've already done it. Or how to maintain their body throughout the course of the year, or I don't have no to worry about them wall. hitting the rookie wall. <laughs> yeah, you know how to practice, know all those things, and uh, they probably have friends. I mean, I know that he's younger, but does he have a relationship with Patrick Peterson vouching for him? I'm just you know going the LSU route, or you know, I mean, all, a lot of these guys have played with each other or against each other, have respect for one another. Is it just takes a lot of the doubt out of it without losing the upside? Because if you're Mark Robinson's better than him, he's going to play. The other factor is they know how to study. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have to when it, when we're when we're doing film study in a given week, or we're we're looking ahead at the next opponent, and I start explaining something. I don't have to slow it down. I don't have to dumb it down for these uh-huh. veteran guys because they know what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. They know how to study film, or they wouldn't have been in the league this long. Yeah, I mean, they know how to practice. They know how to prepare themselves. All the professional stuff. Or you wouldn't have lasted this long. You're right. I mean, it, unless you're the rarest of talents, but that's not what we're talking about here. No, no, absolutely not. But getting back to that, to that, what I believe is a disconnect. A lot of the stuff that you've seen this offseason, Steelers have one of the best offseasons of any team. The draft. Steelers mm-hmm. have one of the best drafts of any team. <laughs> right. And yet... When you talk, when people talk about, hey, who's the, you know, who's the sleeper? T-? I, I was listening to Boomer Esiason this morning on Sirius FM, XM, uh, NFL, and he was asked, who, hey, who's your sleeper team in the a- AFC? In the AFC, you know whose sleeper team was? No, Miami. They- Miami's not a sleeper team. No, they really aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and I no, get it. So not. the thing that he was talking about, he's. Oh, the AFC is so stacked this year with the quarterbacks, and and he starts rattling off a bunch of quarterbacks in the AFC. And, and, and absolutely, the AFC is stacked with quarterbacks. But guess what team doesn't have to play 90% of those quarterbacks in the AFC? Yeah, that's that was actually my next point is, okay, so as you mentioned, winning the off, you're winning free agency. Great job. Everyone's giving them good numbers, which – us, us folks that put out grades or analysis, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know that all these draft picks are going to hit or, you know, free agent signs, but consensusly are getting 
good responses by those that like of us that do this for a living. Even better for the draft. Uh, cap management. I mentioned the youngest offense in the league. Well, they're all a year older now and presumably better, certainly more experienced. And then you add a lot of little pieces in between. And then the schedule sets up so, so well. And, oh, by the way, this coaching staff has a pretty good track record of winning games in this league. Now, if you want to say they're not a contender in the AFC, okay. I mean, to me, that's perfectly fine because it is a ridiculous slate of quarterbacks and good teams. But to say that they're not vastly improved or aren't a sleeper or, man, I can't see them winning eight and a half games, I just strongly disagree. Yeah, I do as well. And I, 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 you know, when you look at teams, you know, we talked a lot about the Giants last year, mm-hmm. um, how they were kind of, hey, they haven't played anybody, blah, 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 blah. I don't think they're that good. And yet they made the playoffs and they won a playoff game based mm-hmm. basically largely on the matchup. Would they have won a sure. playoff game in the AFC? Maybe not, but they won their NFC playoff game. Mm-hmm. I don't see I, – I, first of all, I think this, this this Steelers team is a better team than that Giants team. I think so. That's about to say the same thing, right. And if you win enough games in the AFC, much like what happened with the Giants – let's like, okay, let's say you win 10 or 11 games this year. You win 10, A, you're going to be in the playoffs. You win 11, there's a good chance you're the number one wild card team. Or maybe win the division. Or maybe win the division, but if you're the number one wild card team in the AFC, who are yeah. you playing? You're going to play the AFC South. Probably playing Jacksonville or yeah, right. And, and might, yeah, you know, and, and then you level. might win that right. playoff. You you got a good shot to win that playoff game. Mm-hmm. It's not all yeah, about and, hey, how are you gonna beat Patrick Mahomes? How are you gonna beat Joe Burrow? Well, first of all, they they only they don't play Patrick Mahomes this year in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They don't play Josh Allen. They do play Burrow twice, but you know that going into it. They do play Lamar twice. You know that yeah. going into it, but I would put their track record up against Lamar, against anybody's track record against Lamar. And I'm not sold that Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson anymore. Right. I'm not either. And even bigger picture, not even talking about 2023, you know, you win 10, 11 games with a second year quarterback, and then you have another offseason where you're not, you know, paying through the nose for people and, add through the draft and have a similar off season to this one. You know, I'm not saying you pick in the top 10, you know, you pick 23rd, something like that. You may really have something and you start winning double digit games, eight, nine, 10 years in a row, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And see where the chips fall. You know, I, I think everybody, what they're getting caught up on in is looking just at the quarterback position. Right. Like right, when, right. when we talked about, the Steelers roster as a whole. It's a top 10 roster in the league. I agree. With that. If you take the quarterback out of the equation, mm-hmm. if Kenny Pickett is league average at quarterback this year, league average. Yeah. This is a pretty good football team. Very good football team. I mean, it's probably, it's a top 10 team probably. Right. I, I mean, that's what, Assuming you don't lose Watt and Pickens and, you know. Right. Assume, yeah. yeah. Assuming you don't have a massive amount of injuries. But right, right. even at that, you know, even if you have some injuries, because of what they've done this offseason, they've got better depth than any team in their division. Without question. They Without might question. have the best depth in the AFC. 
and they should have the best best depth in the division for the foreseeable future. Again, back to quarterback contracts. You know, I mean, like that's going to be the formula for a while. Is you're going to people competing for starting spots that aren't stars. No one's competing with Watt and Hayward, obviously. But when you lose a Watt or Hayward, it doesn't cripple you either. You know, like we can still withstand this. It's not ideal, but every team has to deal with it. But we can overcome it and still stay competitive. Yeah, I, I just think that there's there's there are surprise teams every year, right? And though the Miami Dolphins do not count as you know when you when you go out and you're paying the kind of money that they're paying right. to a lot of their guys, they don't count as they're not a sleeper. Like the Jets don't count after you the Jets it. aren't a sleeper. They went, you know, if your if your team's over under win total is like nine and a half or ten, you're not a sleeper. Right, right, right. I mean, Vegas like, knows it, all about you. I mean, everybody knows about everybody. I mean, the, the term sleeper in general to me rubs me wrong because, like, when I was a kid, oh, that, I'm going to pick that sleeper in the fifth round. Well, now everybody knows those people. There's the internet. You know, what I mean, yeah. like, yeah. That's like calling this year's Lions a sleeper. Nobody's calling the Lions a If the Lions win the NFC North, nobody's going to be surprised by that. So, uh, uh, side note, who are a, who counts in the AFC as sleepers? Like, I think the Patriots now do. The Patriots are a sleeper. There's no doubt. The Steelers are a sleeper. And those Steelers. are two franchises. I know. They've won a lot of games lately. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call them that. Um, Indianapolis, if it were to somehow win the win the South. Would be yeah. an absolute sleeper. I you think know, Denver it, counts. Denver counts absolutely. Denver's a year late to the party. Last year they weren't sleepers. You know, obviously right. the Raiders, the Raiders would be a sleeper if they somehow won. You know, if there are, if your expectations are low, Cleveland is somewhat of a sleeper. But they're right. always, they're they always they're always a sleeper and they are always asleep. That's the yeah the thing. Yeah, there. Like but, I looked at the Raiders, Titans, Texans, and said. They're too bad to even be a sleeper. Right. If they were to make the playoffs, good for them. Wow, that's a story. That's coach of the year stuff. Man, Will Levis is rookie of the year. You know, (laughs) those things happen in this league. That's absolutely. But Denver, the Colts, the Steelers, the Pats, and the Browns were on the fringe for me because they're high profile and Deshaun and yada yada. If they're a playoff team, they're a sleeper. But I'll take the Steelers over all those. Oh yeah, yeah. You know we're gonna. I mean? like, they're, they're, and, I mean, well, and that's the other the other part of the equation to this, Matt, is, is that all the teams that you just mentioned, a lot of them, mm-hmm. the Steelers play this year, and they right, don't, right. and they don't play the teams that you consider the non-sleepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one with high win totals and right. No, they should be favored in a lot of games. So I, I don't know. It just struck me as odd that, you know, you're going to talk about sleepers in the AFC and you're going to say the Miami Dolphins are, sorry, Boomer, get your head out of New York for about five seconds. Yeah. And, yeah right. You know, I mean, the, if you're trading for Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Ramsey and Bradley Chubb and, you know, you're not a sleeper. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You're not I mean, a sleeper. At that point, expectation, it's, it's more, again, these are all expectations and every owner is different, but if you're Miami's owner now or the Jets owner and you don't make the playoffs, it's playoffs are bust. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, like it's with not, what I've spent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, right, right. Giants making the playoffs last year. Wow, we're ahead of schedule. Way to go. Yeah. Jets not making the playoffs this year. What are we doing here, fellas? Yeah, you know? but hey, are we should we blow it up? You know, right, right. Exactly. That's that's where you're at with those with those teams. So no, that it's 
I, and I, I, I get it. Um, you know, I, I just don't think enough people are talking about the Steelers after the off season that they had in free agency and after what they did in the draft. Like you can't, you can't do as well as in, in, and this isn't just us saying this, this is universal. Oh, the Steelers really did well in free agency. Oh, the Steelers really did well in the draft and mm -hmm. they were a nine win team last year. Right. But they're somehow going to win fewer games this year. And rookie quarterback struggle. I mean, I, I know there's people with mixed opinions on Pickett out there. Everyone's entitled to it. I mean, I've heard people say the Steelers might be in a quarterback market a year from now, or people saying, I think Pickett's going to be a star. Of course, all very, all very. I bet he's better this year than last year. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. He's your quarterback. He knows what the yeah. league's all about. Well, we'll talk about that in the next segment, Matt. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, hey, Matt, did you know you can listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker? Just say Alexa. Play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. We're going to talk about some of those expectations for Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris and some of those guys on that offense when we come back on The Drive right after this.